Jesus uses a lot of very provoking images in today's gospel. He talks about a millstone being tied around someone, around their neck, and them being thrown into the sea. If you teach someone something that is false, if you're, if you're a false teacher to, to the little ones. He talks about the cutting off of hands, the cutting off of feet, the plucking out of eyes. And it kind of reminds me of more of a Quentin Tarantino movie than the words that would come from God himself. But Jesus is being provoking intentionally because he wants us to really take him seriously. He wants us to take sin seriously. And he wants us to have an eternal and eternal perspective on our lives, not a short-term perspective on our lives, living in the short-term. He wants us to live in a life where we delay our gratification and we deny ourselves when it's appropriate. So in 2021, this is a very, very important message for all of us. We live in the ultimate time of distractions. Because of technological progress, ideas and philosophies and fads come and go in a more prevalent way at a faster pace than ever before. And we are hyper-wealthy as Americans comparatively to any human being that's ever lived in human history. And because we're hyper-wealthy and technology is the way that it is, there is more of a chance for distraction than there ever has been. For living for short-term things and being distracted and pulled in to the ways of the world and not seeing the big picture. Jesus is using these extreme images today to help us to look at life itself through his eyes, the eternal perspective. Jesus mentions hell three times in today's gospel. Jesus talks about hell himself from his own lips in the four gospels. More than, more than hell is mentioned anywhere throughout the rest of the entirety of the scriptures in the Old and the New Testament combined. So just in those four books of the Gospels, Jesus mentions hell more than the other 69 books in the entirety of the Scriptures. And we should ask ourselves, why does Jesus mention hell so frequently? I think the reason Jesus mentions hell so frequently is a few reasons. I think he mentions hell because he wants us to realize that it's real. And so like a good parent has to have a lot of these conversations with, uh, with their children or, you know, when you have to be kind of the bad guy sometimes as a parent and say no and, 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 and 
it's just very difficult, but it's for the good of the child. I think that's what Jesus is doing here. So, you know, this is a real thing. You've got to take it seriously. And the main reason is Jesus doesn't want us to go there. And we all have the capacity to go there, or else he wouldn't talk about it so frequently. And so I don't like talking about hell. I'm not a big fan of talking about hell. I'm sure no one in here really likes talking about hell. Um, I would hope not. Um, but Jesus talks about hell. And we have this false notion as Americans in the West in 2021 that everyone goes to heaven no matter what. Right? We all kind of think that in, our, in the back of our minds is just, well, everybody goes to heaven anyways. If that were true, that's what I would be talking about with everyone right now here at Mass. But the fact of the matter is, I'm speaking the words that he himself speaks, and the guy who's in charge of deciding who goes to heaven and hell, it doesn't matter what all of us believe, frankly, ultimately, we're all going to, at some moment, meet God. We're going to meet Jesus himself, and he's the one who decides who goes where. And so if the guy who decide, decides who goes where is telling us to take this reality seriously, we ought to take that seriously. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of talking about hell, but I am a spiritual father for this community, and Jesus talks about it, I'm going to talk about it. And so we're going to start off right now, I'm going to just mention a little bit from the catechism on this reality of hell, and then we're not going to end there. We're going to go to heaven, okay? And we're going to end in heaven. We're going to end on a bright note. This is what the Catechism says about hell. To die in mortal sin without repenting and accepting God's merciful love. So to die in mortal sin without repenting and accepting God's merciful love means remaining separated from him forever by our own free choice. And so this is a key beginning sentence from the Catechism. It's saying, look, God doesn't want anyone to go to hell, but you can freely, of your own choice, decide to go there yourself by separating yourself from God. This state of self, this state of definitive self-exclusion from relationship and communion with God and the blessed is called hell. Jesus often speaks of Gehenna, of the unquenchable fire, reserved for those who to the end of their lives continue to refuse to believe and be converted where both soul and body can be lost. This reality is hell. Jesus solemnly proclaims that he will send his angels and they will gather all evildoers and throw them into the furnace of fire, and that he will pronounce the condemnation, depart from me, you cursed, 
into the eternal fire. Scary words. The teaching of the church affirms the the existence of hell and its eternity. Immediately after death, the souls of those who die in a state of mortal sin descend into hell, where they suffer the punishments of hell, eternal fire. The chief punishment of hell is eternal separation from God, in whom alone man can possess the life and happiness for which he was created and for which he deeply desires. The affirmations of the sacred scripture and the teachings of the church on the subject of hell are a call to responsibility, incumbent upon man to make use of his freedom in view of his eternal destiny. That's what Jesus is talking about in the gospel, eternal perspective. God predestines no one, no one to go to hell. For this, a willing, a willful turning away from God is necessary. Mortal sin. And persistence in it until the end. In the Eucharistic liturgy, the Mass, and in daily prayers of her faithful, the Church implores the mercy of God, who does not want anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So, hell is isolation from ourselves, which I'm sure we've all experienced in our lives at some point or another, where you just don't like yourself, and you feel separated and disconnected from yourself. It's kind of like a place of despair. Hell is separation from self, isolation from self, isolation from others, isolation from God, in isolation from creation. It's a relational reality in its essence. And when we talk about fire and all the things that Dante talked about in the Inferno, he's describing that through vivid images, but it's really a relational reality. Now, as human beings, we are made for the opposite of isolation. We are made for communion, relationship. What is the opposite of hell? Heaven. Heaven is complete and perfect communion and peace with ourselves, internal freedom. Perfect communion with God. Perfect relationship and love and communion with others. and perfect communion with all of God's creation. That's heaven. That's what we're all destined for. Now you can start living in heaven and hell, by the way, right here and now, because they're states of existence. If the kingdom of God is dwelling within you, you are already, you have a foot in heaven. This is what the church says about heaven in the catechism. Those who die in God's grace and friendship are and are perfectly purified. Remember purgatory. We, some of us can do our purgatory here on earth, and some of us can do our purgatory when we die. 
and are perfectly purified live forever with Christ. They are like God forever, for they see him as he is face to face. This perfect life with the Most Holy Trinity, this communion of life and love with the Trinity, the Blessed Virgin Mary, the angels, and all the blessed. We think here of all of our family members who we really trust that are with God right now, with all the blessed, and everybody from human history who's ever died in friendship following God. This place is called heaven. This state is called heaven. Heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest human longings. The state of supreme, definitive happiness. To live in heaven is to be with Christ. The elect live in Christ, but they retain, or rather they find their true identity. In heaven, we find our true identities and our true selves, ultimately. By his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ has opened heaven to us. So we get to go to heaven because of what Jesus did. He makes us partners, he makes us his partners, in his heavenly glorification. Those that have believed in him and remained faithful to his will. Heaven is the blessed community of all those who are perfectly incorporated into Christ. This mystery of blessed communion with God and all who are in Christ is beyond all understanding and description. Okay. When we think of heaven, I think a lot of times we, we think of boring, a boring place. Um, you know, it's impossible to think of how good heaven is. It's beyond our comprehension. St. Paul even says it's beyond comprehension. I think a way of understanding how far beyond our comprehension it is, is to understand, if you think about an unborn baby, in a mother's womb, you know, you think about what their experience of reality is like, or if we could get our minds to go to that place, you know, the unborn child would, their senses would first off be dull because they're not fully developed. So they would kind of hear muffled noises, right, from the outside. They would kind of see maybe images and things in their minds, but their eyes have never even been opened. And they would certainly have some kind of, I would guess, hunger and filling and, and, and taste of sorts. But it's just kind of a, a shroud of darkness, right? And when the child emerges from its mother's, from its mother's womb and it, and it comes out into the outside world for the first time, I mean, how could you ever describe that reality to someone? Right? It's just completely different. And I think that's probably what it's like when we go to heaven. If you ever hear people talk about near-death experiences, there's a lot of really interesting, very tight studies on this, by the way. On near-death experiences. If you hear people talk about it, they're just kind of like, I, I can't really describe it. You know, they're just kind of like, it's, you know, they're inadequate. 
they're, they're, they like stutter when they start to talk about what they experience. The scriptures try to describe heaven and human images, and the images used are life, light, peace, wedding feast, wine of the kingdom, the Father's house, the heavenly Jerusalem, paradise. St. Paul, as I mentioned earlier, tried to describe it when he was given a glimpse. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man even conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, you'll often hear the saints, if you look at the history of the Catholic Church, talk about this this idea of memento mori. That's a Latin term that means remember death. And it sounds like a morbid saying, but what the saints are basically saying is, look, you've got to think about the fact every single day that you're going to die. All of us are going to die. No one has ever lived in human history, besides the Lord, who has not died. Well, he, even he died, excuse me. Everyone has died. So we're all going to die. And that's hard to wrap our minds around. But the idea is, because we all know we're going to die, how are we going to live our lives through the perspective of the little time that we have left? St. Francis de Sales talks about you should, have, you should meditate on heaven every day for a couple minutes and meditate on what it would be like there and then meditate on hell for a couple minutes every day and what it would be like to be there. And this will help keep you sharp. It will help you keep your gaze on the things that are important, not the passing things of this world. And so the eternal perspective is lived out by us as Catholics Jesus has given us the tools. The good news is he's always trying to get us to heaven. We just got to try to not jump out of the boat as the boat's sailing to its destination. If we do jump out of the boat, we need to repent. And the main way that we repent as Catholics is the sacrament of reconciliation, confession. And so to look at the world through this eternal perspective should shape all of our relationships? Who are the people that I spend my time with? Are they helping me to get to my goal? Are they helping me to stay in friendship with God now and end up in friendship with God for eternity? What am I going to do with my life as a young person? Well, what does God want me to do with my life? Who should I marry? Well, marry the person that helps you attain this goal. What should my marriage look like? How does my marriage stay healthy? Marriage is healthy if each spouse is helping one another, bring one another to heaven. How should I prioritize my time? Well, I would not schedule anything over Sunday Mass as I'm working out my child's schedule, sports, even to the detriment of my child's athletic career. 
want to keep things in perspective. Their eternal salvation is number one. All the things that I'm doing should have the gaze of me getting my children into heaven. Jesus, we ask you to help us to have an eternal perspective on reality in our lives. Help us to not get carried away in all the fads and the whatever the popular ideas of our day is. Help us to live for eternal realities. Help us to enjoy life now in communion with you. Help us to have one foot in heaven right now. Give us peace, a taste of heaven right now. Help us to have interior freedom with ourselves, to be in good relationship with you, to be in good relationship with our spouses and our children and those that we interact with, and an appreciation and a communion for the various gifts you give us in creation. If any of those relationships are off, Lord, move us in a direction that helps us end at our goal. Bless all of our families here. Bless St. Michael's Parish. Help us to be a people of eternal perspective. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen.